Hey everybody, this is Gene Troyer. I'm the lead pastor of Restore Church. And what a pleasure it is to welcome you to our podcast. It's my hope that you will be marked by love and encouraged in your faith and inspired to become all God has created you to be. Now I invite you to lean in and enjoy the podcast. Hey, good morning, everybody. My name's Gene. I'm part of the team here at Restore. And... Um, it's really good to be together this morning. Can you all take your phones out for a second? Maybe, maybe hold them up. All right. Now, if you would, pass that phone three people to your right and two back. Some of you are actually doing that. What did you feel in that moment? I know we all laughed, but what did you feel in that moment? Yeah. Anxiety. What? Part with my phone? Since the mid-90s, I have been mostly digital. So I'm what maybe you would call an early adopter. So I have a... I don't know. Can you see this? Like, this is a Blackberry. Y'all ever heard of a Blackberry? Like, it has this screen that moves and, um, like, up and down so you can feel when you're actually, you know, typing something. Even though the screen didn't have a keyboard on it that you could actually use, you had to press another button and the screen would show up and then you'd press another button and actually type. This was... The thing, like when I got it. And uh, before that, so this I could call on, I could keep my calendar on it, all the whole deal, right? But before that, there was this, which is a Palm Pilot. <laughs> Has a stylus on the side to write with. So flip phone in one pocket, Palm Pilot in the other, and we did business. It was Pretty amazing. A couple years ago, I was in L.A. at a conference, and uh, I'm sitting there, you know, um, I'm looking around, and just like here, I am not one of the youngest people here. And I looked around, and I was on my laptop taking notes at this conference, and all the young people, <laughs> millennials and younger, were sitting there with a pad of paper and a pen. I thought, huh, wow, this is, this feels strange. There's this move toward the basics again. There's this move back toward, I want to have a pen in hand and write something. And I, I think in many respects, that's not a bad thing. In 2017, when we began the launch of Restore Church here in downtown Goshen, we made the decision at that point that everything we're doing is going to need to be digital. So digital giving, digital um, announcements, if you will. Uh, we were going to be communicating digitally. We just moved that direction, believing that that's what, uh, what we were to do. I still think that was a good move. Digital discernment is what I want to talk to you about this morning. We're in this last weekend of hard talk. 
a series of talks that we've done around subjects that we maybe don't always talk about and maybe find it difficult to talk about. Essentially, what we're talking about this morning is discernment in the digital age. Now, if we're really honest, we know that going digital is not the problem. Digital itself is not the problem. The problem for us is that our digital world is often dominated by, by social media that's carefully curated to accommodate all of our tastes, all of our wants, all of our perceived needs, which feeds our consumeristic, it's all about me attitude. The challenge many of, of us have is, is in discernment. The problem, or the challenge many of us has, is in discerning the subtle influences of curated online content and the strategies of the market to keep us engaged and, frankly, acknowledging our own culpability in that process. Now, the strategies in and of themselves are not bad. They're actually good. They've been used forever. I mean, before, uh, before digital, uh, these, some of these strategies were being used in print in TV and in radio. So it's not really anything new, but what is new is that today you and I have at our fingertips 24 seven what used to only be available in a limited fashion. We have it 24 seven. And by the way, you and I also have to think about the algorithms that are watching. Everything is being thought about. Our purchasing habits are being analyzed. Our digital footprint is noted and curated content shows up in our feed. It is enticing us to move, to make the move from looking at something to actually making a purchase. So uh, between the chemicals that are found in our brain, dopamine and oxytocin, like between the dopamine hit, which drives us to want and seek and desire and search and oxytocin, the socials come with a lot of great feelings, don't they? They make us feel good sometimes, depending on what we read. But there are places that are not good for us to go, ways that are not helpful to act, and certainly implications to our Christian witness if we decide to ignore the discernment of the Holy Spirit within. So I'm wondering this morning, what is my social feed feeding? What is my social feed feeding? What are the implications of my life online? Do I live with wisdom and discernment? Um, does my perspective reflect my values or the values of influencers and companies? Is there anything I'm aware of right now that needs to be changed about how I spend my time online? For many of us, this is more, uh, this is uh, less about right and wrong and more about our propensity toward morphing into something that we don't realize we're becoming. It's about paying attention. It's about knowing what my social feed is feeding. Uh, the Old Testament is, is um, in many ways like an ongoing tale of, of um, immorality. Uh, it's about what happens when the people of God pursue what seems like delicious, but it's forbidden. Uh, throughout the whole Old Testament, we hear the prophets lament and, uh, and have angst in their voices because of the frustra frustration they're feeling as they watch Israel continue to move in ways that lack discernment. 
Uh, the prophet Jeremiah writes this in chapter 2, verse 13. He says, For my people have committed a double evil. They've abandoned me, the fountain of living water, and dug cisterns for themselves, cracked cisterns that cannot hold water. They have abandoned me, the fountain of living water. The fountain of living water indicates like, I've got everything that you need to satisfy your thirst. And instead, you lean into and you, you invest time in areas of your life that do not bring life to you. God is often depicted as a jealous God who weeps at the direction his people wander. When they go after the temporary in lieu of, of, being, uh, of staying within the arc of faithfulness, of the long arc of faithfulness, they go away from the beautiful and to the destructive. In Deuteronomy 30, Moses warned an earlier generation that discernment is ultimately the choice between life and death. Discernment is the choice between life and death. The, the warnings about uh, forsaking discernment didn't stop in the New Testament as the way of Jesus' faith spread like wildfire in the early church. So did the opportunity for, for false teaching. And you and I both know that that has not stopped to this day. We are still in, a, in an era of time, and we always will be, as humans occupy this planet, we will always be in a place where we have this false teaching that comes up when people decide to go a different way than the way of Jesus. We sometimes idolize the early church as if they were less prone to heresy and foolishness than what we are today, but it was not so. Paul, the Apostle Paul in particular, with his own experience of, of rejecting the truth, he being the guy that said, I'm going after these new uh, followers of Jesus, and I'm going to make sure that they come back to what we believe to be true, which is the teachings of Moses. Paul is probably the strongest voice in the New Testament to speak to the subject of holding on to truth and leaning into discernment. His writings are filled with uh, confronting the falsehoods of the day and teaching the need for discernment. Now, as I was, as I was preparing for this message this week and I was praying about it, um, it seemed that I needed to go to 1 John 1. And I couldn't figure out, why would I need to go to 1 John 1? It says nothing about discernment. So why would I go there? And yet, as I began to read 1 John 1 again, I realized that what I was sensing was that we as a people often want to get past the basics and get on to the advanced state of being without actually living into the basics. I felt that really strongly. Carla already read the first four verses, but let me read them again from the living, uh, New Living Translation. This is what John writes. Listen carefully. We proclaim to you the one who existed from the beginning, whom we have heard and seen. We saw him with our own eyes and touched him with our own hands. He is the word of life. 
This one who is life itself was revealed to us, and we have seen him, and now we testify and proclaim to you that he is the one who is eternal life. He was with the Father, and then he was revealed to us. We proclaim to you that what we ourselves have actually seen and heard so that you may have fellowship with us and our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We are writing these things so that you may fully share our joy. He goes on in verse 5. Now this is the message that we heard from Jesus and now declare to you. God is light and there is no darkness in him at all. God is light. There is no darkness in him at all. So we are lying if we say we have fellowship with God, but go on living in spiritual darkness. We are not practicing the truth. We are lying if we say that we follow Jesus, and the only thing we've ever done is said, yeah, I'd like to accept Jesus into my heart. Great. If that's all we've ever done, And we've never followed that up with a life that leads people out of darkness and into a place of light. We are missing the mark. But if we are living in the light, as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Here's the kicker. If we claim we have no sin, people in in the day that this was written, just like today, like to claim they have no sin in their lives. Scripture says that if we claim we have no sin, we're only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. But, but, here's where life is. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. You guys, this is the basic right here. These are the basics. We have to get the basics if we want to live into the life that God is calling us to. What I'm really apprehensive about is that we in America especially today may be sitting here in this room, may be joining us online. We are feeling incredibly comfortable because at the very least, we've said yes to Jesus. That's significant and important. I don't mean to minimize that. That's an important first step. But if we're living into what God is calling us to, then we've got to stop drinking the milk and actually get to eating some meat. Infants drink milk. That's their source of nutrition. Adults, mature adults, eat meat, some of us, if we're carnivores. At least we eat vegetables. But we get to the solid. We don't stay with the liquid, we go to the solid. 1 Corinthians 12 is full of instruction around and, and, and sort of announcing all these spiritual gifts that are ours as we follow Jesus. Some, he gives the ability to discern what spirit a message is coming from. You and I have natural giftings. And then when we say yes to Jesus and we lean into everything he's got for us, when we ask him, what is my gift, my spiritual gift? Do I, what is it? Like, open my eyes, open my heart, let me see. To some, he gives the gift of discernment. 
our natural giftings that God has given us, that we have our gifts, our talents within us, those are 10 x when we say yes to Jesus and we lean into what is the spiritual gifting that he's placed within ourselves. Hebrews, uh, the Hebrews writer in chapter 5, verse 14 says, but solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. Do you catch that? It's not just you wake up one morning and all of a sudden you have this. Sometimes, most of the time, it is by constant practice. Gifting, a gift is just that. Somebody gives it to you. So God just gives you a gift, but it's by constant practice that we get to where he's calling us to be. We don't just wake up one morning and say, okay, I'm ready. Yeah, you're ready. Now you got to work. And now you've got to put it into practice because this is serious business for you and I as followers of Jesus to be able to distinguish good from evil. So let's just get to it. What is discernment? Discernment is a process by which God helps an individual reach the best decision. That's sort of a, just an all-encompassing uh, description. Uh, really right, something that's really right and something that's really wrong are not that difficult to discern. It's pretty obvious. Like what's really right, you should go do. What's really wrong, you should run the other way. Uh, Charles Spurgeon, uh, he's a preacher from the 1800s, says that discernment is not knowing the difference between right and wrong. It is knowing the difference between right and almost right. That's what discernment is. It's not deciding or discerning between right and wrong so much as it is what is right and almost right. Because you know, you can be almost right and still be wrong. That's where discernment kicks in. If you're into, um, into dis determining what like root words are, of particular words, the Latin root of discernment means to separate. It means to set apart. Uh, practically speaking, it's the ability to separate good from evil, truth from falsehood, and wisdom from foolishness. Good from evil, truth from falsehood, Wisdom from foolishness. Now, uh, there's a whole bunch of us in the room who are in the millennial age bracket. So many of you are 27 to 42. And what I know about you and what I know about my younger self is that we have a hard time making decisions sometimes. And the millennial age group especially, you guys, like half of you report that you are not comfortable with making decisions I don't know if it's FOMO or what it is, but you don't have a, you have a difficult time making decisions. And I think, uh, as I recall myself at that age, sometimes it felt like I couldn't trust my own self, like my discernment. As I got older, I got, I, I developed a little more trust in my own discernment. That, but that sometimes for some of us, that comes with time. Maybe you've been gifted with discernment, but you don't trust it. Uh, author Henry Nouwen, he's also a theologian, he uh, says it like this, and I love this description, this, the, the way he puts this. He says that Christian discernment is not the same as decision-making. Reaching a decision can be straightforward. 
We consider our goals and options. Maybe we list the pros and cons of each uh, possible choice. And then we choose the action that meets our goal most effectively. Discernment, on the other hand, is about listening. It's about responding to that place within us where our deepest desires align with God's desire. Isn't that good? Like discernment is about uh, respond, listening and responding to that place within us where our deepest desires align with God's desire. So as discerning people, we sift through our impulses, our motives, and options to discover which ones lead us closer to divine love and compassion for ourselves and other people, and which ones lead us further away. So that's a really like, again, a, like almost a baseline for discernment to say, well, which ones lead us further away from divine love and compassion for ourselves and for other people? Which ones pull us closer? Maybe it's helpful to talk about how we develop discernment. And I, I love this passage from James 1. By the way, we're starting a new series next weekend in the book of James. We're going to be in the book of James for 10 weeks. And so you might as well immerse yourself because we're going to be immersed in the book of James. And so find a, find a Bible app uh, that has a plan for James and uh, dig in. James 1.5 says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Let me tell you something. Like over the last 10 to 15 years, my prayer has been centered on James 1.5. God, I need wisdom. I need insight. Help me to see in ways that I can't see otherwise. Spiritualize. God, I need spiritualize. I need wisdom and I need insight. It's, it's like this repetitive prayer that I've prayed for over a decade. Give me wisdom. God, I need insight. So pray. That's the first step. Pray and ask God for it. Ask for discernment. When you ask for wisdom and insight, essentially you're asking for discernment. Uh, wisdom is simply the application of knowledge and discernment is the ability to judge well. The application of knowledge and then discernment is the ability to judge well. What you'll find though is that where there is wisdom, you'll also find discernment. So pray and ask God for it. Secondly, study it in scripture. Read Read the word. Do just a word search, and you'll find lots of areas in Scripture that will speak to discernment. Listen to the Spirit of God. Uh, the Proverbs writer in 11, uh, chapter 11, verse 14 says, Safety, there is safety in many advisors. So uh, listen to the Spirit of God and to wise people around you. Find someone who is years ahead of you or just exhibits a tremendous amount of discernment. Ask the good questions. That's how you continue to develop this discernment. And finally, remove judgments. See, um, discernment may be used to make decisions uh, sometimes about a group or a movement. And, uh, and yet it doesn't mean that we should sit in judgment of that movement or those people. Use discernment and think about the judgments that you may feel as you discern certain circumstances. Finally, when you have the gift of discernment, as you uh, consider situations, 
Don't neglect the discernment that is needed with the amount of information that sometimes come with spiritual discernment. Sometimes this gift of spiritual discernment gives you wisdom and insight that you then need to be very discerning with that information. Henry Nowen continues, he says, discernment reveals new priorities, directions, and gifts from God. We come to realize that what previously seemed so important for our lives loses its power over us. Do you hear that? We come to realize that what previously seemed so important for our lives loses its power over us. Our desire to be successful, well-liked, and influential becomes increasingly less important as we move closer to God's heart. To our surprise, we may even experience a strange inner freedom to follow a new call or new direction as previous concerns move to the background of our consciousness. We begin to see the small and hidden life that Jesus lived in Nazareth. And most rewarding of all is the discovery that as we pray more each day, God's will, that is God's concrete ways of loving us and our world gradually is made known to us. Practically working out this gift of discernment, ask for it. Pray and ask God for it. Practice it. Practice it. Work hard at it. It's that first step, though. Pray and ask God for it. When I was uh, a teenager, I had a 73, 1973 Mustang. It had a 351 Cleveland engine in it. Now, I'm not a gearhead at all. Um, when someone said, oh, you've got a 351 Cleveland in this engine, I was like, ooh, okay, what does that mean? Well, it's a very powerful engine. See, all I knew is that this engine in this car that I had should be powerful, but all I knew was that the lifters were clanging and sometimes I had to take a hammer to the starter because back in those days, if you hit the start, if the starter wasn't working right, you smack it with a hammer and have someone turn the key and bingo, you got a car that started. That's what I knew. I didn't know that a 351 Cleveland was supposed to be this powerful engine. Some of us, some of us have a powerful engine of discernment within us. And we simply think it's an engine that is got, making a lot of noise. And we don't know what to do with it. When you know what to do with it, it has a lot of power. When you know what to do with it, when it comes to your digital discernment, you will become intentional with your media consumption. You'll set boundaries and you'll, you'll align your values with God's truth. Do you know what's inside of you this morning? Some of you have been listening to that noise for a long time. It's time for you to know 
that the power inside of you is greater than the power that is out there in the world. The Spirit of God in you spiritual discernment that some of you carry, let's call it out in you this morning. Exercise it. Don't waste it. Prayerfully ask God for it. When we have spiritual discernment, it acts as protection against being deceived spiritually. It acts as an instrument of healing when exercised graciously. Discernment allows for knowledge that is sometimes prophetic in nature and zeroes in on heart issues that allows for healing to come. Without developing discernment, the zealous, young, undiscerning Christian is in danger, and boy do I know about this, is in danger of being enslaved to others, to his own uneducated conscience, to an unbiblical pattern of life, Discernment sets us free from all such bondage. So let's get discernment. We get it by the anointing of the Spirit, through our immersion in and understanding of God's Word, by our firsthand experience of His grace, and by continued awareness and honest assessment of the true condition of our own hearts. You guys, we have to discern our own hearts before we go about trying to make sure everybody else is doing what they need to be doing, living the way they need to be living. The world around us is groaning, is groaning for discerning people. In the middle of all the noise and chaos, the world is groaning for a discerning community that will lead from a place that is non-judgmental. It doesn't mean we don't discern right from wrong. Of course we do. But we express our love, the love of Jesus to the world around us in a way that is open-handed and beautiful. Would you stand with me? The psalmist says in Psalm 119, a very simple prayer. I am your servant. Give me discernment. That's a prayer for you and I this week. I am your servant. Give me discernment. Psalm 119. I am your servant. Give me discernment. The prayer ministry team is, uh, is coming up front this morning again. And... Um, and if you are particularly gifted in discernment and are able to pray for people, I invite you to come up and do that. The team that's up here is, many of them are gifted in discernment. And so, like, it's significant and important that this is developed in our lives, that we ask Jesus for it. It's a gift that is powerful, but you need to know that it's in you in order for it to take root and be able to bring it out. So let me pray for us. Father, would you open our hearts right now? I feel like you've been exposing our hearts all morning long. That we have been, some of us came into this place this morning uh, grieving 
uh, we don't have a real sense of joy this morning, perhaps, and that's understandable. But God, you know our hearts, and you know those places that are hidden and dark where we haven't released uh, your spirit uh, to do its work in us. And God, maybe this morning there's someone in the room that uh, even now is not even at that baseline of having said yes to you. And God, I just pray for courage for that person to make that move this morning. Jesus, we need more of you and less of us. Help us to be a discerning people that don't just see the right and the wrong, but we see the right and the almost right. And we exercise our giftings in a way that allows us to move into the right column and not just the almost right. God, as we look at, um, we can look at the world around us and so much of what we see is death and destruction, pain and difficulty. And yet even in our own spaces, in our own hearts and minds, there's a lot of that going on as well. So God, we need your healing. We need your healing balm to bring correction into our lives that we would be a people that walk out of this place, not contributing to the unhealth of the world around us, but to bring health and wholeness and spiritual discernment into every conversation we move into. We're grateful for the work that you're doing here among us. And um, we pray this in your name. Amen. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. Please rate and review us on Spotify and iTunes and join us again for next week's podcast. We love you and pray blessing and peace over you and your family.